I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Elka Schultz, author of Anxiety Warrior. Whether in business or in life, anxiety can be a debilitating obstacle that saps energy, causes undue worry and stress, and can lead to all manner of physical ailments as the body attempts to process all of the emotional triggers and reactions that are happening at tight speed within. Sometimes people don't recognize its presence, shrugging it off as the mid-afternoon crash, and sometimes they know exactly why they feel the way they do and become so distraught that it's difficult to function. Elka Schultz offers hope and help to those who feel that anxiety is an unmanageable part of their lives. As an internationally certified EMDR therapist, she guides and empowers you to go from feeling like a victim of your anxiety to an empowered warrior over it. She's a co-chair on the board of IEATA, International Expressive Art Therapy Association, and is an affiliate author for Project Happiness. Welcome to the show, Elka. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Happy to share. (laughs) Happy. We're happy. We're not anxious. Hopefully we're not anxious. I know in your book you talk about anxiety and depression and uh, offer all kinds of, as I mentioned, well, I guess I didn't really mention that in the intro, strategies and exercises to help us get over to recognize the anxiety and to do something about it. Um, Why is it so important to do something about anxiety? What's it do to us physically, emotionally, socially? Um, Let's describe it. Sure. Like it comes in so many different forms and that's why it's a bit, sometimes a bit hard to recognize. Like some people say, well, I don't have anxiety. Well, that's not true. (laughs) We all have it. It's part of our humanness. It's just that when it becomes so big that it debilitates us or that we stay in it and then it's problematic. So, um, and then it shows up a different way. So some people may call it stress or tension. So physically, um, you know, we get the typical, um, butterflies or maybe um, you have a, um, these heart aches like the panic attacks or shortness in breathing but it can show up in other ways too like uh, stiff body, stiff back, indigestion flushed cheeks, uh, perhaps trembling, weight gain or weight loss, um, insomnia or feeling tired so it's, it's really a little bit of a mystery uh, sometimes cognitively um, you know if you're experiencing lack of concentration or negative thinking, behaviorally it shows up as perhaps nail-biting or OCD. Um, Sometimes uh, also, you know, people find themselves very agitated. They have a lack of patience, um, maybe feeling overwhelmed, uh, frustrated, crying. So there's, there's quite a few. There's more in the book. However, those are some of the general ones. So it may be something to look at, for sure. Elka, what about, you've listed a whole variety of symptoms, obviously. But (laughs) if we go online and we think, oh, I'm anxious, I'm I'm feeling very anxious, and you Google anxiety, and you find a a lot of those symptoms that you mentioned, a lot of them are also associated with, I'm having a heart attack, I might have some other disease. How can we distinguish, or can we, between that and maybe some physical ailment like a heart attack? Absolutely. So when people do have these um, heart pains, 
Um, and I can only speak with, uh, you know, about my clients that come into my private practice. They have gone to the hospital. And, uh, and obviously, if you're worried, concerned about any kind of physical ailments and you think it's something else, absolutely go to your doctor, go to the hospital. And, of course, that's how they've come back. And, you know, maybe they've gone a couple times to the hospital thinking that they were having a heart attack and um, the hospital said, no, it's, it's a panic attack. So um, certainly don't try to diagnose it yourself if you're concerned go to the hospital. That's what they're there for. And they, I, I know our hospitals, they do not embarrass people. They just say, look, that's why we're here, you know, but go and get some help. So um, they're very good. They don't judge you um, if it's not a heart attack. Now, we talk, in the beginning, when I, I guess the first sentence, uh, anxiety can be a debilitating obstacle that saps our energy, causes worry, yep. causes distress. Wouldn't you say also that it would be something that would be kind of a, a, a long-term kind of thing? It's not just an incident. It, it's, a, it, it's a pattern. It's a pattern that permeates your life. And therefore, well, yeah, yes no, no. Okay. So um, one of the things that I discovered and part of my pursuit and um, as to you know, my fascination with it, um, when I was 32, that's when I discovered I had anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I, you know, I had these behaviors and, and, and this suffering that I, I want to call it suffering. Um, and then I discovered I had anxiety. Well, then that led me on this path of discovering where did it come from. And here's the interesting part is that there's about 11 different places that it comes from. And if we've, um, you know, solved one of them uh, where it's, you know, then it would go away instantly. And and so I was fascinated with this. And I worked with my clients and, of course, myself. And we discovered these different like I said, layers. And so, and, and, you know, you're right in the sense it can be accumulative. And most of those layers, about nine of them, we can change. We can change them right away um, by making some changes in our life or um, just, you know, in, in um, considering what's on our plates. Uh, the last two, uh, memories and trauma, um, you know, those are probably ones you'd want to go and get some therapy with. But the other ones are things you can change and manage it. All right. Let's talk about the ones you can change and manage. As you sure. say, memory and trauma, those are really difficult. You need therapy. But you're saying in the other nine that you don't need therapy necessarily. First of all, you have to be aware that yeah, you're suffering from anxiety. Yeah, and that's why, you know, when you yeah. said it kind of, is it something that accumulates? Yeah. I would say yes, but not necessarily. So you'll yeah. see. And one of the things, too, that, and, you know, we can do this for listeners, is that zero to ten scale. And so what happens, and then we will get into these uh so it's a bit of a longer answer, but so zero is calm. Ten is I'm out of my mind. I can't put a thought together. So my brain is, you know, I would relay it to short-circuiting. And um, so zero, and right now, and you're right, I'm happy to be here. I'm not at a zero, though. I'm probably at a two because I'm excited. I want to do a good job, and I want to bring value. So, And that's okay with me. But if I'm at a five or a six, then I'm going to be doing some strategies to lower that. So um, we talk about the scale in the book, and some of these, that, and um, 
you know, we'll start listing them. You could start lowering, like let's say, you know, somebody's coming in and they're running out of seven. They're going, you know, I really don't like this. This is, I'm like this every day. Well, we can make some changes and bring them down and uh, keep working on that. So that's kind of cool. So one of the basic ones, and this is so interesting, is, you know, at night, a lot of us sweat. And if you wake, if you wake up with anxiety, it's, it could be that you don't, you're dehydrated. So your brain is sending signals to your body that feel like anxiety. Now that can happen during the day, but a lot of times it does happen in the morning. And especially if, um, you know, women are menopausal, they're sweating at night, um, maybe it's hot weather, you know. So um, just have, um, you know, a quarter cup of water on waking. If that's what's going on, that will go away in minutes. And some of my clients, we go through that and they'll just go, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't realize I wasn't drinking enough water. And they've lowered their anxiety by um, um, several points. So a simple thing like water. Let's talk so about that's one of them. Okay, that's um, a simple course, thing. And I'm going back to, to the first you mentioned. <laughs> Alcohol, they deplete our body of water. So you just want to be mindful that, um, you know, if you're taking some of these um, diuretics, that you want to replace that water for yourself. And also know your own body. Like, Catherine, I mean, I'm a person that if I'm near caffeine after 3 o'clock, I'm not going to sleep um, the rest of the night. My brother who, and my mom, they're the same. Uh, they can have coffee fully caffeinated right before bed and they go to sleep just fine. Uh, so you need to know your body in all of this. So some of these strategies is, again, be aware of who you are and what works for you. Well, you're talking about triggers, alcohol, uh, you know, alcohol is, is one, um, menopause, those kinds of things. But what about the anxieties that are related to stuff that's happening in your life? I mean, you Absolutely. Know, and that know. is a layer, and I call yeah. it um, reality. Yeah, so let's talk that's about that. what's on your plate. So, and this is interesting, again, you need to know yourself. And um, as you know, all of us have had, um, well, most of us, I want to say, a difficult two years. So that added to our plate. So that was something that was what I call reality. Uh, perhaps your reality is you're moving. Perhaps uh, you're going for a job interview. Maybe you're waiting for test results. Um, uh, maybe there's upcoming surgery. Um, maybe there's exams. So look at what is on your plate. And um, here's a little story. I had a woman come and, um, you know, she was um, suffering from anxiety and so she came in and, and she was telling me about her situation. She'd been uh, recently separated, had three kids, um, even though um, her um, estranged partner, you know, they, he was still coming to the house. Uh, she wanted to get a new house, so she was worried about a job and a mortgage. And as she's telling me this, I said, you know, I would be anxious if that was going on in my life. And she looked at me and she said, oh, my gosh. She said, I know what, to, what I can do, and this, there's, there's things I can do about this, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. I said, absolutely. So she said, there's nothing wrong with me, and I said, no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you at all. Just that life has, you know, there's a lot of things on your plate. So she then embraced that stress and anxiety and just went, okay, um, 
So it, it's, it's a signal just for us to pay attention, and sometimes we have too much on our plate. So we need to look at that. So that's what actually, about? I'm going to stop um, you there. That's a big uh, one, and the other one is Alpha, physical too. I just want to so. stop you there. What? Yep, go ahead. Okay, sorry. You have a lot on your plate, and as you said, this is a normal reaction to a stressful situation. Okay. What right. about when somebody comes in and they're feeling very anxious, and if you, after talking to them or going through a session with them, you realize well, there isn't really anything right now that sounds like there should be. That kind that they should be suffering from that kind of anxiety. There, you know, everything seems right. to be fairly smooth. Yeah. So then we go through the layers, and so um, the uh, another layer would be physical, um, you know, and diet. Uh, some of us, and it it's not that we all have allergies. Sometimes we have food sensitivities, and if our body can't break down certain foods. Um, then we're more susceptible and more prone uh, to it, to any kind of uh, stimulus, right? So the other thing is, you know, are you getting enough exercise? Are you sleeping well? Those are some big questions. Um, that's your physicality. And if you've got three nights in a row that you haven't slept well, well, your mental health literally plummets. So, um, you know, if that's, so we go through that. And um, a lot of times I would say um, the majority of my clients are not sleeping well. So we address that and we look at, you know, sleep hygiene. What does that look like? Why are they not sleeping well? And uh, those kinds of things. So, um, so that's definitely a layer. Um, the other one is overstimulation. And um, I don't know if people use the word FOMO, fear of missing out. That's a big thing. And it started um, probably with emails and then definitely with cell phones. Um, and again, it's not negative. Our electronics isn't a negative thing. It's just something to be mindful of. And and there's been, since we've had cell phones and texting, um, there's a situation that has been created. It's it's called expectancy. And, and it may be maybe one of those points in that scale of zero to ten. Uh, maybe it's two, but we're, we now expect, you know, we send a text, we're waiting for an answer, right? Um, we're may, wanting that to be quicker where when I was a child, I mean, we had party lines and the dial phone and, you know, if you phone someone, the line was busy, you try again. Yeah. <laughs> it was different. And then you went out and played or something or did something else. Um, but now with these cell phones in our hands, um, you know, there's this expectancy. And I think I would, this is and, a um, critical again, one. Negative. FOMO is a critical one. It is very critical. And I think that's something probably that uh, that really stands out in your in your book because I don't think it's addressed exactly in the same way and that's all of us have that every single day that expectation yep. I know and just in, in a personal level if I send a if I text somebody and then I don't hear right away I can get yeah. anxious about <laughs> do they did they do they not want to respond to me at all? Are they not going to connect? Are they not going to answer? And I create all this stuff, which may be a matter of half an hour or even, you know, they're not, not, I, and, and uh, I think that's a real problem. I'm not sure how any of us, assuming you have the answer, maybe can get over that because uh, when you have the ability to respond that quickly, that 
creates that expectation, right? Uh, so um, that's a big one. I mean, I, I would, yeah. I, I really don't know anyone who doesn't, in some ways, suffer from that. Yeah, and I, I even notice it in myself. And I think the thing, though, Catherine, is to be aware. And one of uh, the two words I say at the beginning of my book is. You know, if you get anything out of the book or even, you know, our talks or interview is awareness, you know, really be aware of who you are and what's going on. So like the phone and then practice. And um, so for the phone thing, I've had um, teenagers where, you know, on their own, they shut their phones off. They told their friends and said, look, at, I'm shutting my phone off at nine so I can do my homework and I need to go to sleep. Otherwise, they're on their phone all night. Um, and then for me, what I do is I do shut my phone off. Um, I don't have any electronics in my bedroom, and I, I said that to my kids as well. And so, you know, we need that downtime. Our brains need to calm down. So it's just being aware, and it's not a negative thing to have that expectancy. It's just to notice, oh, you know, we're we're waiting for that. But the other thing is that self-talk of, like, hey, you know, if this was a regular phone, there'd be a voicemail, or maybe they're busy. Um, and so, you know, we can kind of self-soothe a little bit. But you're right. It's... Um, yeah, it's very rampant for sure. What, so, what about the that, Elka, What about the one. people who can't self-soothe? What about the, Sorry? for instance, well, <laughs> oh, there are. Well, I want to. I'm going to ask you. I want to finish the question because there are people who perhaps uh, have situations. You take two two people, same situation. One person is reacts in a what we. I don't even. I don't want to say normal, but in, in an expected way, and they're calm about it. Maybe you can give me a, a real life example. And another person reacts, becomes so anxious over something that appears to be like, why are they so anxious? Uh, so you have two different body types, I guess, or two different, you know, psyches who react very differently yep. to the same stressor and. One creates anxiety in themselves; the other doesn't. They're a, they're not. They don't become a victim to it. They become a warrior. Right. Well, and that's. I think that again, it's the awareness. And you know, if you're if you're suffering, and hopefully, if um, you know, a listener, you know, if they're if they're feeling like they're connecting to this, is then let's let's look into it a little bit more. Let's learn about self soothing and. And, you know, you could have even 10 people in a situation and we're all going to react differently. None of us are wrong. It's not wrong to feel what we're feeling. It's not wrong to have these feelings. It's just that, you know, we may not want to stay in them. So, um, you know, if you find if, if somebody is, is feeling like they're staying in anxiety or they're staying in this overstimulation, well, then we want to look at that. You know, and then and and hopefully learn to change it, right? Yeah. The takeaway is that the anxiety, and I mentioned this before, uh, that it is a manageable part of our lives. It's not unmanageable; it is manageable, and that's obviously what the book is about. Yeah, and that's what you help people to do through your work, and also through the book. Um, I mean, I have a, a friend and we talk about this all the time. So even if I'm saying it on the air and she's listening, she'll understand. But she gets anxious about <laughs> things that <laughs> that are never, that that are kind of made up stories. Uh, her narrative that something terrible is going to happen if you do this based on nothing, just yep. based on, yeah, well, it's based on something, her internal anxious self, but learning to let go of that. I think that's really critical, which is 
course, also what this yeah, book is about. Yeah, you know what's interesting, too, and you, you touch us upon something really, really important. So when we're in this state and um, this aggravated state, so and that number is different for everybody, so that 0 to 10 scale is not a test or anything, but when you're in that state of I'm having trouble concentrating, I'm having trouble, um, you know, thinking of the next move, that is a hard place to, um, and you know, then then we don't self soothe very well. We don't know what we need. So uh, the strategies are meant to lower that anxiety. And as we do that on a regular basis, so one of the things I really encourage is a daily practice, so that we're constantly flexing our muscles, working at learning, you know, those affirmations perhaps practicing um, gratitude and building our resources so that, like, you've got to know anxiety still will hit me in the face big time, not as often as it used to, and when it comes, I, I'm different. So because I've built up my resilience and I can just go, okay, you know, I'm not happy you're here, but what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, um, so that's kind of the idea of the book is to keep building ourselves up because it's not like we're going to be immune uh, from any of these what I call unpleasant um, sensations. Yeah, I think, and you're very specific in the book, you know, make a checklist, talk about, uh, actually write down the things that trigger your anxiety, put it on paper, look at it, so you're prepared. I mean, I think that's critical. That's one of the things you mentioned, but also, and I I don't know if this is tied to that, maybe you can talk about this, but making decisions that help make you confidence, you know, bring forth confidence, make good decisions. How do you do that? Well, a lot of that is, and and there is a section on that, um, and I I want to give Dr. Sue Jeffers credit for that because um, I I and I did I do in my book, and um, so it's about really listening to yourself. And again, um, a lot of these strategies are about coming into your body, trusting your body. Like, don't trust me. You know, don't even, you don't even have to trust the book. <laughs> These are just, it's like a smorgasbord. And just trust what you're drawn to, what inspires you, what works for you. Um, so, and then decision-making um, is very much about that as well as, you know, what's your gut tell you? And, I mean, we can do research, we can consult. However, the bottom line is, you know, you can, like, there could be lots of, uh, let's say, practical things for a certain decision, but your gut is just screening, don't do this, listen to your gut. So you always can listen to your body. Um, there's a reason your body is, is reacting. And it doesn't always scream out that way. Sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of an inner battle, but you listen to your body. And, and we talk about that in the book, how do you build up, you know, listening to your body, how do you build that muscle, and again, it's practice. You know, we've got to be easy on ourselves uh, as we learn. So you want to take care of your physical health, and that will also yep. help with your mental health. They're, they're connected. Yep. Listen to your body. I think sometimes we tend to not listen to our bodies, particularly when we're in a hurry to do other things, and uh, we dismiss it. And we dismiss our gut reaction to things and we overlook it. Um, and as yep. you're saying, take time. Let's take a look at that stop and and just because it's right there your body's telling you something 
Yeah, and I, I think that's obviously critical. We don't have a lot of time left, and I mentioned in the beginning that you are an EMDR uh, therapist. Could you just tell us what that is and how that works in terms of well, managing EMDR, anxiety? Um, it's been around for about 40, 45 years. Yeah. It, um, it's very highly researched, uh, lots of evidence-based. It's eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing, so it's quite a mouthful. Yeah. Um, however, what it does, it is stimulates the uh, neural pathways in your brain to help you file trauma. So, um, yeah, it's um, if people want to look that up, the best is to, to go on the official Admira site um, and, um, uh, yeah, and, and you can get a better definition and they've got some videos and things on it. So it's very powerful for, for trauma work. So, in other words, it's more specific to, you say, trauma work, which is traumatic, obviously, and on that yeah. scale. Yeah, it's somebody's pretty... experienced a trauma, and then that is creating um, OCD or anxiety or, or something like that. So, um, so yeah. you wouldn't necessarily it use that. It anxiety as well, but typically it's more for trauma. Uh, so that's like a 10 or it's a, it's, it's high, high up on the scale in terms of, uh, yeah, of anxiety. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And, and um, the other thing we want to do too is build up our spiritual post, whatever that is for you. And um, so whether it, it's, um, you know, your spirituality, whether it's uh, practicing kindness or gratitude, um, you know, we want to build that up as well, and that's going to start strengthening our spiritual base. So that's critical to to lowering your anxiety levels. Is that what you're saying? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Because people talk. I mean, gratitude is the I say word of the day. I guess <laughs> wherever I turn, I you know, there's <laughs> well, gratitude. You know what's so cool about it, Catherine? Yeah. And um, and you you know, I I struggled with uh, depression. Um, in my early 30s, and I didn't realize it until I got out of it. And But what I did do was I was determined to change my frame of mind because I couldn't understand why I was in this dark place. So I, w- I started doing some research, and um, gratitude is the quickest way to change uh, depression and anxiety. You cannot be depressed if you're grateful. You can't be anxious if you're grateful. <laughs> you can't even be angry if you're grateful. So gratitude, living in that um, and being and practicing gratitude really does raise our vibration and um, our good feeling, our endorphins. Can you give me a definition of gratitude? Sure. So um Like, right, I mean, you know, I wake up in the morning. I'm not always, you know, I don't always have inner dancing. However, I think, wow, I've woken up. Today the sky was just phenomenal. So it was just going into that, you know, living in this miracle, being thankful um, that I can get out of bed. I can actually, I get this chance to to do work. I get the chance to be on your show. Um, you know, it's exciting. I'm grateful that I have work, that I can do work. I'm grateful for my, my children. So I practice anything that I'm grateful for. Um, you know, that I have 10 fingers. I'm grateful for that, that I can see that I have food in my belly. And, and I, I practice that every day in the morning and also at night. 
you know, that's the opposite in the day and, you know, the fun things and the lessons I've learned. And so does that help with the definition? That helps because I have a mother who's about to be 99 years old and I think she's been practicing gratitude without defining it. But as you define it, she wakes up and she says, I'm here today. I feel, how are you feeling, mom? I feel great. I'm here. And it's sort of, yeah, how, that's how awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. 99. Yeah. Wow. 99. We have a couple minutes left, Elka. So give us a website and or websites we can go to for uh, more information about you and about the book. So the easiest website, actually, um, it's fairly new, is anxietywarrior.ca. And um, that has, it's easy to remember, so anxietywarrior.ca, um, it has, uh, you know, I put on the podcast, our links, um, the YouTube channel, um, they can access the book, there's other little, um, there's a resource page, and it's all free. So um, you don't even have to sign up, you can just go ahead and utilize it. At will, it's an active service that I do, and I keep that up, and um, just in the hopes that um, that something in that website will help. So, Great. anxietywarrior.ca. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Elka Schultz. That's who we've been talking to, and I guess I'll have to say, well, keep calm and carry on. Isn't that the saying? <laughs> um, thank you so yeah, much. And thank have a good you. One. I'm thank honored. You. Thank you thank for the you. opportunity. And um, so you'll be going in my gratitude journal yep. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 